come on. Hey, just want to take a minute and uh, chat a little bit about our men gathering together uh, yesterday, men's breakfast. First time we've been able to get our guys together in a long time. And uh, we just had a fantastic time. This room was packed full of men. Uh, we just, we had fun and we, and there's something incredible about when the guys get together to worship. It just is a sound, it's a movement, it's a powerful thing. So uh, thank you to all you guys who came to be a part of that. Uh, it, it was a great day. We had, you know, kids, sixth graders all the way up to people in their 70s and 80s and uh, just a fantastic time. Something great about when men get on fire for God. Anybody with me on that? Yeah? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Hey, I want to I talk some more about baptized. Everybody say baptized. So uh, in this series of messages, we've been talking about some of the baptisms that are mentioned in the New Testament. Water baptism is one of them, which uh, last Sunday was a beautiful day. I'm watching 20 people go under the water, surrender to Jesus, get rid of the old, come into the new. Uh, and it's a powerful experience. And uh, uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, baptism of fire, uh, baptized into the body of Christ, four baptisms that are mentioned in the New Testament. The, the big idea that's running through all of this is this concept that the word baptized or baptism is transposed from a Greek word that baptismos, which literally means immersion. And so the idea is whatever we're doing in terms of our relationship with God, you just go all in. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength. Uh, I, I have pretty much been, you know, on fire for God the entire time that I've had a relationship with God. And I can assure you that there's, you will not be a happy person if you're only halfway involved. If you're halfway committed to the Lord, it takes a full-on commitment. Uh, it enriches the rest of your life, but there's got to be something at the core that goes, I'm going to immerse in this. So I want to talk today, start talking for a little bit about the idea of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I want to read you several verses just to kind of set this up for us to see that this isn't just sort of a side issue or a pet topic that somebody could get on, but that this is a concept that runs through the New Testament uh, in every one of the Gospels. It's mentioned in the book of Acts. It's mentioned several times. So let me just show you a few scriptures and kind of just set up. Uh, before we dive into all of this. Matthew 3.11, um, John the Baptist talking says, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. I'm not even fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I think it's interesting that the Bible talks about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It, the, it doesn't say you'll be given the Holy Spirit. It says you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're going to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Mark 1, 8 says, I baptized you with water, but he, 
Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke 3, verse 16, John answered, said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I, and I'm not even fit to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John 1, 33 uh, is again John the Baptist talk said, I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize and water said to me, he upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, 5, uh, this is Jesus talking, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, Repent, each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. One more verse. Acts 11, verse 16 says, And I remember the word of the Lord, how he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So obviously the concept of being baptized in or baptized with the Holy Spirit is a New Testament concept. You know, as I, I look out, as I looked out over our men yesterday, <coughs> tons of guys that I don't really know their story necessarily. I look out today and see you guys, and I know some of your story, but I don't know all of everybody's story in the room. And the reality is we, we all have a story that has brought us together here today. Uh, for whatever, somebody invited you to church, you heard about our church, you just for some reason driving by or somebody mentioned it. Uh, you're like Jason Martin, people are coming to where you work and you get invited. But we all have a story that has brought us together here today. We all have a family story that has brought us here. Uh, your family may have been very spiritual, been locked into church or no church at all. Uh, your family might have been very healthy and loving and supportive, or maybe your family is, has been a broken family. I do know that God has the incredible ability to redeem anything that's broken when it comes to family some may say, amen. And uh, we all have a, like a spiritual story of our journey with God, our experiences with God and um, with spiritual things. We have a church story, uh, which I'm going to tell you a little bit about mine in just a moment. But the kind of church you were raised in, maybe you were, uh, you've loved church your whole life or Maybe you got hurt in church, or maybe you were raised in a, a very uh, traditional and kind of subdued uh, sort of church environment. Maybe you were raised in a crazy church environment. I don't know, but we all have a different story. It's all kind of coming together. And then you have your personal story, your gifts and uh, your experiences and your outlook and your personality, and it all kind of comes together. So realize that when I'm talking to us today and I'm sharing some thoughts, that we're all coming at this idea of like, what does it mean to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be immersed in the person of 
the Holy Spirit. Psalm 37 verse 23 says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and the Lord delights in his way. So, in other words, your steps, even though sometimes you think are, are not happening on purpose, God is making a way to cause all of your steps. He delights in your way. He's interested in your way. He's interested in bringing you into all the good things he has in store for your life. Psalm 139 verse 16 says, Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. In other words, when I was in the womb, God saw me. And in your book were written the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. Sometimes we don't get everything that God's doing in our life today or in recent past. But I've always found as I look back, I've realized God has been in charge of all the steps. Even the steps that I wish wouldn't have happened, God somehow is able to take all of those, make them work together for my good. Proverbs 20 verse 24 says, Man's steps are ordained by the Lord. How then can man understand his way? So here we are, all of us, church story, spiritual story, family story, personal story, your steps, my steps. Our story is shaping our perspective. It shapes the way you think about uh, relationship, about marriage, about parenting, about work, about money. Our story shapes our perspective. I was raised in New Orleans, Louisiana, home of the New Orleans Saints, who I don't get to brag about nearly as much anymore, doggone it. And, uh, but, uh, but if you're born in New Orleans, more than likely you are going to be born into some kind of Catholic home. Just like if you're born in Asheville, you're probably born into a Baptist home. So uh, we were raised in a very nominal Catholic environment. I think I went to Mass uh, half a dozen times my whole life. I am reached 18 years old or so. So anyway, uh, when I really gave my heart to Christ. So if you've seen the Jesus Revolution movie, which I would encourage you to, just to go support and see, but there's this beautiful move of God that was called the Jesus Movement that was sweeping through our nation and people were giving their life to Jesus in incredible numbers. And when that movement kind of moved from California across, and by the time it hit New Orleans, it showed up in New Orleans in a lot of ways, at least in my experience, sort of Friday night Catholic charismatic services. So it was, it was kind of Catholic, kind of a strumming guitar. One of the reasons that I went is because they let you step out in the back and smoke and then come back in. So that was the draw card for me. Uh, I know it was deep. And uh, so those who, I kind of had these incredible experience there. But, you know, just that. So in the midst of that, I had several friends, 16, 17, 18 years old. I'm about 17. And uh, they've all been touched by God. And, but they don't know anything. They don't really understand any theology. They don't really know how to pray. They just cared that they were trying to reach people for Jesus. And so they invited me to go with them on a Saturday to a Jesuit seminary 
uh, that was in a beautiful area just right outside of New Orleans. And I thought, what the heck, I'll just go. I know these guys, and I wasn't exactly sure what was going on with this Jesus thing in their life. But I remember we went there, and uh, there was probably 15 or 20 of us. And, and I didn't know that they were, you know, kind of putting a plan together to sort of reach me. I didn't realize what was going on. And uh, so that at a point during the day, they said, could we pray for you? And I said, sure, why not? So I sat down, and this is how little they know. I mean, nobody really knew how to pray. It's like, oh, my gosh, we got him here. What do we do? So they laid hands on my shoulder, on my head, and one of them would say, thank you, Jesus, and one of them would say, hallelujah, and then another one would say, thank you, Jesus, and another one would say, hallelujah. And all I know is I didn't really expect anything out of this, but after just a minute or two of this thank you, Jesus, hallelujah thing, it was like literally electricity just flowed out of heaven into my body. And I was like, I had no expectation. of. I mean, all I'd ever been to is a couple of liturgical Catholic mass meeting services. And this energy, this, this is just like charging through me. And I'm like, what is going on? And I start laughing and they start laughing. And then, you know, 10 minutes or so of us all laughing and this, electricity's in the room, and we're all like, what the, didn't use the best language, what the, was that? And uh, I, I love to tell that story for a couple of reasons. One, because these are people that just wanted to reach me. They didn't know anything, but their love made a difference. And... I want to say, you may not feel like you've got it all together, who does, but if you care about people and you reach out to people and you may only know how to pray, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, God can use you. But the other part of this, which I often tell this story in our starting point, is even though I had this supernatural experience that I just had no idea what to do with, I, we weren't in a church. I wasn't surrounded by the right kind of people. And it wasn't, wasn't long at all that I got sucked back into just the drug culture. This what I was a part of. I just a pothead trying to get high, find something every day to try to get high. So I've spent this whole year uh, running from God, literally. Having had this experience, not knowing what to make of it, running from God, getting worse and worse because I was trying to drown out the conviction that was on my soul. Well, I had friends that invited me to, uh, to a, a little small Assembly of God church. And there was a, it was a tiny little church, uh, terrible music, ter- not, nothing was really great about the church, but they did love on me. And it brought us in, and this guy was praying for people, for the sick to be healed. I had had, I had grown up from like second grade on with a duodenal ulcer, uh, which meant my stomach was basically on fire all the time. And uh, I lived for long periods of time eating oatmeal and crackers. It's all my stomach could handle. So 
this guy is praying for people and he asks us, if you need healing, come up. And my stomach is on fire. So I go up front for him and he lays his hand on me. And this, this cool thing just flows through me. And I don't know, maybe it's like an anointing for cool or something. I don't know. But all of a sudden, I, it just like, it's gone. This stomach pain is gone. I'm introduced to, to healing and this church is starting to teach me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're talking about being immersed in a relationship with the Holy Spirit. They're talking about how when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you get a spiritual language. You get, you get to, you don't have to, you get to speak in tongues. And I, all, all my spiritual roots, my story to this point was completely unchurched. And so all of it was brand new to me. I, I just walked into that, and I just drank it all in. And I did what I've been teaching for the past few weeks. So I just dove into it. I, if the church doors were open, I was there. But they were teaching it. I was trying to grab a hold of it. I got immersed in this whole idea of living a life baptized with the Holy Spirit. Changed my life dramatically, I mean literally changed my life. After several years of kind of walking through this, uh, here I am, I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I believe that the gifts of the Spirit are available for today. I believe obviously in the fruit of the Spirit, the character that the Holy Spirit creates in our life. Uh, I believe in the miraculous, that God still heals people. You know, you know, you could try to talk me out of the fact that God heals people, but I've already been healed. And, but I, I am going to say, say it this way. Uh, as the years rolled by, I started to get suspicious or weary of the concept that the weirder things get, the more spiritual they are. And so my story is not raised in church, no church tradition, no, no Baptist theology, Methodist theology, very little Catholic theology at all, nothing to withhold. I met Jesus in a power of God kind of environment. People were getting healed. People were getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I've spent most of my years walking with God. I've kind of been in uh, tribes of churches and ministries that are charismatic, that believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The most I would say to you guys is I have tried my best to be a Bible guy. So I'm not trying to be a Baptist guy. I'm not trying to be a charismatic guy. I'm not trying to be a Methodist guy. I'm trying to be somebody who reads the Bible and says, if that's true, if that's in the Bible, I want it. I want to take hold of it. So, I've said all that to say this. That's my story, and that's what's brought me to today. Your story might be entirely different than that. You might be coming from a whole different angle. What I'm going to ask you to do for a few moments is to put on a fresh set of eyes and a fresh set of ears to wipe the lens clean and look again and... Let's open our hearts 
And let's open our thinking and let's open ourselves to embrace a relationship with the Holy Spirit. What, that, we, that we are taking in the power that he brings to our life, the dynamic that he brings to our life. And, and I'm going to say, there is a mystery to the whole thing. There's a mystery to all aspects of walking with God. Doesn't mean it's weird, just means it's not all so easily figured out. So I don't know what direction you're coming from, what perspective you're coming from. You might be a dispensational cessationist. I know you're thinking, would you just call me? That's somebody who believes all the gifts are done, don't need them anymore, the Holy Spirit, no baptism, whatever. You might be entirely charismatic, but I'm going to invite you in because I do know that there are some extremes in charismatic circles, and there have been in the past. But I also know there's some pretty strong extremes in Baptist circles. Amen. Everybody just stare straight ahead, act like I didn't say anything. I would like to invite all of us into embracing a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. I, I want to, thank you. I, I want us, you, me, us together to learn how to engage with the power of the Holy Spirit, to explore the mystery of the Holy Spirit. So the, we have two, two extremes can start to happen in church life. One is we feel like we got to do something bizarre and the more weird it is, the more spiritual it is. But the other side is for our Christianity to become so safe, so natural, so contained, so compartmentalized in our life that all the supernatural is taken out. All of the spiritual is taken out. And I just want to, I want to submit to you because, you know, as I read my Bible and I read uh, the, the Gospels, I read the book of Acts, I recognize this, Christianity is supernatural. I mean, it's, it's you know, it would, be, it would be a total mistake and a misrepresentation to try to turn Christianity into we have a good, well-organized meeting. We have good music. We have, we have good principles for being a, a dad, a husband, a wife, a, a worker, whatever, or good ideas, or that we're somehow just doing good deeds for people. None of those things are wrong in and of themselves, but I think just trying to turn Christians into these nice, safe moral people, I hope that you would be uh, safe to be around. But the truth is, I'm encouraging you to join me in this. I love the Holy Spirit. And I believe the gifts of the Spirit are still operational today. And, amen. And I'm going to spend more time talking about this idea because I think this is where one of the biggest controversies arises around the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I am so glad that I have a spiritual prayer language. I'm so glad. I'm like the Apostle Paul. He said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. He's a southern guy, right, more than y'all. 
But I, I mean, I pray in the Spirit every day, all day. And I want, it's been such an advantage for my life to have that. I would love for you to be able to experience it as well. Acts chapter 1, verse 4, Jesus uh, is, is around. This is after his resurrection. It says, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So when they'd come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? Isn't it amazing how some people love to pull politics into everything? Amen. Acts 1-7, politics has its place, no question. Verse 7, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. Jesus is setting his guys up for the birth of the church. And he's saying, you're going to receive power. The life that we are called to lead, we need the help of God. The witness that God's calling us to give, we need the help of God. The mission that we've been called to fulfill, we need the help of God. Hey, let me say, the opposition that we are going to face, we need help. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Hey, listen, when I think about all the roles that I have in life, whether it's my role as a husband or a dad or a granddad or a pastor or a friend or whatever roles I have, here's what I know. I need all the help I can get. Come on, anybody with me? And, and here's, here's, here's what the Bible tells us is that Jesus says, I'm sending someone to help you, the Holy Spirit. John 15 verse 26 says, when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. So the Holy Spirit, is he is a helper and he's always pointing us to Jesus. In John 14, verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he's going to teach you all things, not just spiritual things, not just church things, all things, and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Just want to remind you today, or maybe bring you into something fresh, understand this, God is a helping God. He loves to help. He, he is a helper. Psalm 46, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I don't know what kind of trouble you might be facing. I'm sure you're facing trouble somewhere because you're alive on planet Earth. But can I just say to you, God wants to help you. The Holy Spirit wants to help you. 
Psalm 121 verse 2 says, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Our God is for you. God is on your side. He is God and you are not. Amen. So you don't have to try to control everything. God wants to help you. The Holy Spirit, the Bible describes over and over as a helper. You know, I have people all the time that want to come give me ideas about how to make our church better. And most of the time, what I want to say is, I have way more ideas than you have of how to make our church better. I'm not so crazy about people who just want to give ideas. I like people who want to help. Amen? And the Holy Spirit is a helper. He, he testifies about Jesus. He keeps the focus on Jesus. I love what the Bible says, that he's going to teach you all things. The Holy Spirit knows all things. John 16, verse 13, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he's going to guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he'll speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. That's a powerful verse right there. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is going to teach you all things. Whether it might be spiritual things, it might be family stuff, it might be parenting issues, it might be where, how you work, but the Holy Spirit wants to help. He wants to teach. He wants to bring us into everything that God has for us. And I... I want, I want you to open your heart to not just make the baptism of the Holy Spirit an experience that happened on a day, but I want to encourage us all to sensitize our hearing to the voice of the Holy Spirit. He is wanting to help. He is wanting to bring you answers. He is wanting to move in your life. You know, uh, whenever, whenever Suzette calls me, she doesn't have to say, hey, this is Suzette, because I know her voice. But it also helps that my phone says Suzette when she calls. But before I had a phone that said that, I know her voice because I have a relationship. When the person of the Holy Spirit comes into our life, we can develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he's going to bring all things to remembrance. That is a help that I really appreciate as the years go by. Acts 1.5, John baptized with water. You'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Mark 1.8 says I baptize you with wire with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He's, John's saying, look, I, I immersed you in water. But Jesus is going to immerse you in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to immerse you in the power, the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to immerse you 
into the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to immerse you into insight and remembrance. And my invitation for all of us today is from whatever angle you've come into this, whatever you've ever thought about, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, could you, could you just, even if you feel like you've had charismatic experience, even if you felt like you nowhere near charismatic experience, could you just put it all aside, preconception for a moment, and just say, God, would you help me to enter in to everything it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? We're going to pray in just a moment. Luke 11, verse 13 is my last verse for the day. It says this, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Hey, can we pray? Would you close your eyes just a moment, bow your head? Lord, here we are today. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for supernatural help coming into our lives. I'm praying for every person in this room, Lord, that you will open our hearts, you will open our eyes, you will open our perception, Father, to really receive the Holy Spirit into our world. Hey, would you stand with me? We're going to worship. We're going to open our heart to God. Let's see what God wants to do in our hearts in these next few moments. Hey, just a couple more moments here together, but would you close your eyes, if you would, and bow your head. And, you know, all of this really starts with a relationship with Jesus. And maybe you're here today, you've never actually really surrendered to the love and the lordship of Jesus. I'd love to pray with you. Maybe you used to be close to the Lord and at least closer than you are now, and you know it's time for you to come back, to return home, to to live the way and to have in your heart the way toward Jesus that you need to have. So I'm going to call you to pray in just a moment. And then maybe you just don't feel confident about where you stand with God. Nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed just for a moment. But you say, Pastor, would, would you pray with me? I want to receive Jesus or I know I need to come back to Jesus or I want to know for sure I'm right with Jesus. Would you lift your hand? real high all over this room and just say yes to God. Thank you. Come on, anybody else just wants to say yes, just wants to come home, wants to return, wants to say yes for the first time. Anybody else? Thank you so much all over the room. Hey, I'm gonna, I want us to pray. This is for those who lifted their hands, but I'd love for us all to say this prayer out loud. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart, I open my life, to your love, to your lordship. I need you, I want you in my life as my Lord. I know I've sinned, I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start, it's a new beginning as I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.
Hey, give me two more minutes. Give me two more minutes. I just want to share with you. So when I first started to hear about being baptized with the Holy Spirit, I remember uh, we would have these services at our church, and we would pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And to be honest, I never really had any kind of a breakthrough until I was literally in my room uh, one evening and said, God, I really want to know the Holy Spirit. I really want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And there's something about a hunger that takes you places that are, that are powerful. And I remember laying in my bed, and all of a sudden these words came to my mouth that I didn't understand at all. And I'd heard these guys talking about a prayer language and speaking in tongues, and I thought, what the heck? I just spoke out those words, and, and it was like it was a moment that in my bedroom at home, uh, I received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So what I want to encourage you in is it, whether it happens in church, which it certainly can and does, whether it happens while you're riding in your car, uh, whether it happens when you're at home and you're just seeking God, could I just encourage everybody to get in pursuit of what it means to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? Amen. God bless you guys. On the count of three, let's shout hallelujah. We'll be dismissed. One, two, three. Hallelujah. God bless you.